0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been On our team supporting you and your community but right now more than ever local businesses need our support so let's be there for them the next time you go shopping make the choice to shop local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL welcome to the Wednesday NFL show Tony Wiggins, along with James Rapine, we represent Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Bengals, and today we're representing Locked On NFL. Let us not bury the lead. Let's get right into it. What's going on, Rapine, and what is the big story? Le'Veon Bell is the big
0: story, Tony, and I, I appreciate it. It's good to hear your voice, and always fun talking, uh, you know, to a, a whole new audience every single Wednesday here on Locked On and Locked On NFL. Le'Veon Bell, released by the New York Jets. And, Tony, I got to be honest. I, I didn't think that he had a lot of trade value, but I thought there might be a team that would come alive and go after the three-time Pro Bowler. Obviously, his numbers are down in New York. He's headbutted with, with Adam Gase. But maybe the Jets showed their hand a little bit. They released him, and now the, the former All-Pro, the guy that we uh, used to call the best running back in the NFL, is a free man. He's a free agent.
1: He is a free agent. And uh even though from what I understand, I don't want to sit here and act like um a cap guru, from what I understand, they were gonna to have to eat some of his money anyway. It was gonna be sort of an offset deal if they were able to trade him. And that number's pretty big. However, I really, really think that with him being disgruntled, what, what was gonna happen is he wanted to go to a contender. I, I don't think there's any reason for a team that's one and three or one and four to bring Le'Veon Bell in because what you're going to get is pretty much the same thing. And And at this point, you also don't want to bring him into a situation where you already have a young, really good football player who's going to get or eat all of the carries, a la Jacksonville or Cincinnati, right? You really want to bring him into a situation where it's a split carry situation where you have a team that's a contender, a la the team where he came from in Pittsburgh or maybe New England or Arizona or somewhere like that. So those teams aren't going to eat a whole bunch of salary, and then they're just going to sit there and play the waiting game, and that's exactly what happened. And now Le'Veon and his agent get a chance to do what Leonard Fournette basically did when he left Jacksonville. You cherry-pick your situation, and you cherry-pick fit, and uh, you get a little bit of of nothing from that new team because you're going to get all of this money from the Jets. And the Jets, they continue to to make terrible decisions. I saw a couple of tweets tonight where – You know, people are saying this is why you don't pay running backs. Well, it's also why you don't hire trashy coaches. And they're still stuck with Adam Gay. So, if they think that getting rid of Le'Veon Bell is going to solve their problems, they need to go down the hallway and look in there at the coach who has those bug eyes because it ain't going to stop until they get rid of him too.
0: It's absolutely right. And we talked about the Jets a couple times. And, heck, if, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, honestly, I'm doing what I can to avoid going to the New York Jets, because Le'Veon Bell's a a superb talent. And, you know, when when he signed there, and I get he had a year off, but he signed with the New York Jets, and I look at that, and I'm like, all right, him and Darnold, that makes a lot of sense. That should fit well together. Well, it didn't, and it never did. And Adam Gase, this offensive guru, couldn't make it work. Well, I would say the most average coaches could find a way to utilize Le'Veon Bell, Mm -hmm. at least to a degree. And he averaged 3.2 yards per carry in 2019, only played in two games this year, was put on on injured reserve after week one, returned last week, and I guess it's been that he showed that he's, he's healthy again. He ran for 60 yards against Arizona. I think that's one of those teams, that, you know, that could certainly be interested. Um, but uh, I, I think regardless, you look at this Jets situation, and it's just there's, there's so much to clean up, and I, I do think that they're going to have to get rid of Gase and potentially – even Darnold, uh, at the end of this year or even sooner.
1: Right. You know, I don't want to sit here and and pretend that there aren't certain guys, whether it's Le'Veon, whether it's Antonio Brown, guys like Jalen Ramsey. I don't want to sit here and pretend uh, Tara Owens. I don't want to sit here and pretend that there aren't certain guys that make noise. They do make noise. But here's the thing. They make plays. And the better the situation, they're still going to make some noise. But we we look at these situations and we have a tendency to just point the finger at them and, and talk about how much noise they make. The worse the situation, the worse the noise. You feel what I'm saying? If you take a cane corso and a rottweiler and a german shepherd and you put them in a good environment, they're going to make noise, but it ain't going to be that bad. If you put them in an awful environment. Oh, they're tearing stuff up. And that's what happens when you get guys like that and you put them in a terrible environment. So, you can say, yeah, they're noise makers, but the bottom line is about those noise makers, they're really loud. They're really loud when the when the when the environment itself is toxic. So, we can point fingers at those players all we wa- all we want to. But all they do is they, they you know, they just make a lot of noise when, you know, when when the situation is really, really bad. So Le'Veon Bell is out uh in New York. He'll find his situation. And you know, I know you guys wonder why we talk about the Jets. Well, they keep giving us it's it's like a it's like a f a, a smoke detector detector and no one changes the batteries. You know what I'm saying, Rapine? It's like, yep. it's like they're beat every week. We don't want to do this, but every time we start this show, that noise starts, and it's always them. So, you know, it's the biggest market. They keep making noise. They're 0-5 or 0-4 or whatever, and they keep giving us reasons to talk about it. Some news out of New Orleans, and it's really, really weird, and we'll uh, tackle this one before we take our first pause. The Saints, the Saints, and I was listening to Matt Moscona, who does uh, our, Locked on Saints, uh, our Locked on LSU show uh, the, on the College Network. The Saints are considering because the mayor of New Orleans won't uh, take away some of the restrictions, even though the health department in New Orleans, and I'm not going to sit and act like an expert on what's going on in New Orleans. But I read it. The, the governor, the, the mayor and, and all of the health officials in New Orleans say, look, we can do some things on a limited basis in terms of letting a limited amount of fans come in and, and all of that stuff. Well, there's some people that are saying the mayor's like, no, we're not doing anything. The Saints are talking to LSU about playing some games in Baton Rouge. Did you hear that? I Have did. Yeah, it, it, because the colleges are allowing a limited amount of fans. And In fact, most of these colleges are allowing more than the NFL are. They're thinking about going up the road down I 10 to Baton Rouge instead of the confines of the Superdome, giving up that dome, home field advantage, and taking it on the road to college to play some of the games. What do you think about that? I think it's smart.
0: <laughs> I, you know, from a, a financial standpoint, Tony, that's exactly what you should do. <laughs> because if, if you can get fans in there and butts and seats because it's an outdoor stadium, then it makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of the, I know the New Orleans mayor put out a statement and the city did that, look, it's a dome. And, and there are certain restrictions, not just there in Louisiana, but everywhere and, and safety regulations. And I get that with COVID-19 at the same time. You have to flip it and look at the Saints and what's in their best interest, and not only their best interest, season ticket holders that are hoping to go to some games this year. Because whether we want to look at it this way or not, and I get it, COVID-19, the pandemic, it's, it's extremely serious. Fans do want to attend football games if they can. I, I was at multiple games this year already that had limited number of fans, 6,000 fans, one game in Cleveland, one game in Cincinnati. And now that's bumping up to 12,000. And so I think it can be done and I think it can be done safely. And I totally see why moving to a college facility, college stadium that's outdoor would make sense. And LSU just happens to be right there in Baton Rouge. So why not make that jump? I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And quite honestly, I hope for the, for the fans. And there are plenty of fans, and this could be Drew Brees' last season. We don't know. I hope they're able to, to make this work so some fans can go in and, and watch the Saints play.
1: Yeah, watching Drew Brees play, it looks like, you know, if it's not his last season, even if it's not by choice, it might be by nature. My only concern is the field conditions. Are they going to play there? LSU usually plays in Death Valley at night. If they play at night in Death Valley, is that field going to be ready the next day? That's the only concern I'll have about that. But uh, great stuff. Look, we got some stuff coming up. I want to talk about a, a team that seems like they always survive. They get outplayed. And without fans in the stands seem to be playing these thrillers with an MVP on their team. We'll talk about that here on locked on NFL on a hump day, James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. And we'll do it in just a second here on a Wednesday version of locked on NFL.
0: This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day become a member of the league of football watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching go to made for football to check out the latest football watching content from pepsi
1: All right, it's NFL, Locked On NFL, James Rapine of Locked On Bengals, Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars, and we're here with you on a hump day, uh, bringing you the news of the day. We saw uh, two undefeated teams play on a rare Tuesday night, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, Good game at first. It was a coming out party for Josh Allen, you know, a lot of Josh Allen critics out there, and i tell you what, as soon as you start trying to convince people that somebody's great and and somebody has cracked and broken the narratives and cracked through this code and all of these things that people say about them and they get on national TV, what do they do? They kind of clunk around and get beat. And Tennessee just put the wallop all over Buffalo. And Josh Allen didn't necessarily have his best day. And Ryan Ryan Tannehill sure doesn't look like a guy who's missed a lot of practice, James.
0: I was surprised by this game, Tony. Really surprised. And – you know, shout out to, to Mike Vrabel and, and that Tennessee coaching staff because they've been drugged through the mud over the past couple of weeks. They and should rightfully have been. so. They, they should yeah. have been, right, right. Rightfully so because they're irresponsible and they, they had an awful outbreak and 24 different players and uh, per team personnel tested positive for COVID-19 since September 24th. And it was 13 players and 11 staff members. It was just ridiculous. And so they were shorthanded on Tuesday night. And they just come out and they ball, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of people are going to talk about Derek Henry's monster stiff arm on Josh Norman, but, but they come right down the field. And who do they find AJ Brown, who has missed a, a couple of weeks, hadn't played since week one, week one. So I know some fantasy football players excited to see Brown get in the end zone. Cause he drafted him really high. Look, this team is legit. I, I think they're really damn good. They're well coached. They were shorthanded and they beat a good bills team and they beat them handily.
1: They did beat them handily. Now, you know the Bills were a little bit shorthanded, and I know they've had to make a lot of adjustments. Teams always talk about timing. They talk about timing. They talk about preparation. And normally Tuesday is the is the is the team's first day back at the facility, and 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 everything is really basically about them getting their bodies and getting their treatment, and and everybody is just trying to do their maintenance and get adjusted and and take a look at some paperwork and literature about what they're going to do before they go through all of their install and and all of that stuff on Wednesday. So they're a little bit off, but you you know, there's, there's not going to be too many excuses. Uh, Coach McDermott isn't going to accept it, but yeah, good game, two undefeated teams, but you still saw football at, at a very, very high level. Things just got away from them. i tell you what, what I teased before the break though, was this twice. This year on primetime, games have come down to goal line stands. First, it was against New England. And then the other night, it was against Minnesota. Seattle's defense is much maligned. But you talk about when they need it. When they need it, they step up. And then the MVP, they did a walk-off against the Patriots the other night. Zimmer's getting Mike Zimmer, the coach for the Vikings, are getting a lot of heat. And he got some from me too, even though the kid probably just read the hole wrong. He probably could have been walking into the end zone, the backup running back for Minnesota. However, they were up seven. They were up seven, or six rather. They could have gone up eight. Or, or, I think that's right. No, they were up five and could have gone up. Well, they were up six and could have gone up eight, or, or they were up five and could have gone up eight had they just kicked the extra point. They decided to to take a chance. Leave a minute and a half left on the clock with Russell Wilson and 94 yards. They miss the uh, fourth and goal, and Russell Wilson goes 94 yards. And if you could give the MVP away right now, you'd give it to him. But lost in, in that great effort is the fact that as maligned as their defense is, bro, that's two times. That's twice within the first quadrant of the season that those guys have stepped up on primetime when they needed to just like they did in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And they did what they had. To, well, the Patriots did it against them, rather. But they did what they had to do in a key moment. And they did that without fans in the stand. And it is, it is remarkable. And you have to watch a team like that, because they keep winning games like that pretty soon. They're just going to get that. They're going to start that we believe stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I think you're seeing that. And by the way, uh, and I'm not blaming the analytics here, but you're, you're right. They, they were down five. And Mike Zimmer, who I like a lot, and I know he's taking a lot of criticism right now for the start the Vikings have got off to. But they opted not to kick the field goal and be aggressive. And that's what the analytics said. And I'm not questioning the analytics. But here's the reality. Russell Wilson, like you said, is going to be the MVP. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback on the planet. And so I don't care if he has to go 1,000 yards in a minute and a half. Do I want to be up? five or do i want to be up eight and him have the ball 20 yards upfield i would rather be up eight so i get what the analytics say i would have much rather kick the field goal there because again who's your quarterback your quarterback is kirk cousins all right let's kick the field goal let's go up eight anyways yeah i think this is and here's the crazy part russell wilson is playing great they clearly believe in dk metcalf who was a steal mm-hmm. and all speaking of numbers all the people that criticized him for and and I get it. He was slow. He couldn't move laterally at the combine. DK Metcalf is a freak, right? He's just a a freak. And he he's helping unlock Russell Wilson a bit. You know what you're seeing out of him, Tony of Wilson, you're seeing how kind of Tom Brady transformed back in 06 to 07. And I'm not saying he's having that type of 07 numbers wise here, but he's also not throwing to Randy Moss and Wes Welker, but he's getting there. He's, he's that tight. You're starting to see him carry this team completely. And uh, it's, it's great to see. And just wait. Once Josh Gordon gets reinstated, I think he could contribute in this offense as well. And who knows, maybe they make a move or two uh, in, in Seattle. And, and they did all this, by the way, without Jamal Adams, the guy that they traded for to help that defense that you mentioned. So uh, really impressive showing by the Seahawks, considering the rough start they got off to in that game.
1: It is an impressive start, and, and uh, it, it just adds to, it adds to the legend of Pete Carroll. And when you look for storylines uh, early in this season, you're right. You're not the first person to play-by-play voice of the Jaguars told me he thinks that Russell Wilson is even better than Mahomes right now. I still think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL, uh because I just think he is. And I, I think he's so great that I think 26 touchdowns and four picks looks like a bad year. And that's what, what? he did last year. You got you you got Aaron? I still think Aaron Rodgers is the best player. Wow. Yeah. I, he's I, playing I, great right now, though. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I just I, I just I, that's just me. I take him. You give me one game, i take Aaron Rodgers. You give me wow. one game, I'll take Aaron Rodgers over anybody right now. But but I agree with you. What Russell Wilson is doing is He's making people around. He's elevating those people around him, and he's making them better. And then, like you said, I'd rather go up eight and have him thinking that what he's gonna do. If, all right, if you're gonna work your magic, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna work your magic to tie the game. You're not gonna work your magic to beat me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna work your magic to tie the game, and then I'm gonna make. Because there's no, you could score the touchdown and still not get the two point conversion. Remember, they went for two and didn't make it. And,
0: and yeah, and I think it takes a little pressure off your defense in that situation. Like, have you ever seen Tom Brady try to go downfield in his prime, down eight versus down four? Right. It's just a different mindset. The way they attack and the way the defense plays, I, I don't know. There's just something about it. And I get it. The numbers say otherwise, go for it, go for the kill. I would have kicked the field goal.
1: I would have done the exact same thing. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Um, our buddies did a, a mock draft our buddies that do the NFL show, uh, Luke Braun, as well as Ross Jackson. They did a mock draft, and they used uh, Draft Network stuff. We're going to go through the mock draft. Uh, You guys will be able to uh, listen to and see, and it's based on the draft order as it was uh, uh, yesterday. And you'll be able to see some of the prospects in the way it would fall right now, Uh, who you guys, what prospects your team's, would be able to take uh, because this is what we're going to start doing, especially, you know, if your team is looking like it's going through the playoffs and your team is looking like a contender and not a pretender, you're not thinking about this stuff. Uh, I I'm in Jacksonville. They're thinking about it already. Trust me. And if you're in Miami, you are probably not thinking about it, but you are watching Houston and you're wondering how bad they are. And you're going to be thinking about it. If you're the jets or the giants, You're thinking about it. That's all they're thinking about in New York right now. Trust me. So we'll do that in the third second here on Locked On NFL with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Buckle your seatbelts, man. It's going to talk a little bit of prospects and talk a little NFL draft here on Locked On NFL. Man, Bilt Bar is the real deal. It is the cold truth. It is the greatest protein bar I've ever had and it's the best thing going. 18 great, great flavors. Some with nuts, some without. Peanut butter is the, mo- the one that I'm on right now. The mint brownie is, is absolutely tremendous. Built bars is packed, packed, packed with protein and great flavor. It tastes like a candy bar, man. But the best thing about it is is the texture because it's super, super, super chewy. And you can get your Built Bars right now at BuiltBar.com. That's right. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and enter the promo code locked on that's right enter the promo code locked on and when you do that you're going to get a surprise man you're going to get a major 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 surprise with built bar you're going to get 20 percent off of your next order that's right 20 percent off of your next order at builtbar.com when you enter the promo code locked on it's built bar fellas i know there's a lot of stigma when it comes to erectile dysfunction and one of the things that we do is Sometimes you make a lot of excuses and rightfully so. And I understand it because, you know, sometimes it could be one of those things that you really don't understand it. And then you try to self-diagnose. Well, with Roman, uh, you don't have to do that. You know, a a healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. If you want help with ED, Roman connects you with the real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. All right. The whole process is straightforward and simple and discreet. Get started. It's very simple. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. All right. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on and you'll get up to 50% off of your first month of ED treatment. A free online visit and a free two day shipping. That's right, man. No stigmas. It's private and it's professional. It's getroman.com slash locked on to get fifty dollars off of your first month. All right. So it's a Wednesday edition. It's the third segment here on Locked On NFL with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals and Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. So James, uh you guys bested the the Jaguars, okay? The team that I cover. And um The Jaguars then go and and lose to the lowly uh, Texans. So teams like that, they're already starting to – by the way, the Jaguars, according to the Live Sports Bureau, is the first team to lose to three straight winless teams, not including teams uh, that start – not including games at the beginning of the year. So congratulations to my club. But, (laughs) um, you know, the teams that are already there that that take a realistic approach – they're already starting to look at prospects. And, and, you know, I started to try to build a draft board a little bit because what you want to do in your optimism, when when your team starts losing, I've noticed that what you do is you already start looking towards the future. So you guys have Joe Burrow. Tell us how the Cincinnati fans may be approaching this season because they may have already had an approach anyway where they just wanted to see some progress because they already knew that it was going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but they're there, but they just want to see, they wanted to see Joe look well, but then they wanted to also see progress from some of the other players. Certainly progress and development.
0: And I think reality is starting to set in among Bengals fans that thought this team could surprise some people this year. And that reality was the class of the division, the Baltimore Ravens, punching them in the mouth and confusing Burrow and and really making Burrow look bad for the first time in his NFL career on Sunday Look, this Bengals team, it's still a ways away, and I think the fans are starting to realize that now, and they're already, and I hate this. I don't want to, like me personally, from a day-to-day coverage standpoint, I love doing it, and I love the draft, but but I don't want to – I cover the Bengals daily. The last thing I want to do is have fans asking me draft questions in the middle of October, right? Mm-hmm. But, but that's where they're at because they want to know what offensive linemen the Bengals can get – what cornerbacks the Bengals can get, what wide receivers the Bengals could potentially get because they see the flaws on this team and, and the fact that they're, they're not going to win, much like your Jaguars, they're not going to win big this year and that this is more of a two- to three-year process.
1: Right, yeah, and, and I'm going to do a quick correction here. Our Ross Jackson, who, uh, of course, covers the Saints here and Locked on Saints, he did this with Dilly Sanders, is his buddy Dilly Sanders from ah, gotcha. Press Radio Network. So I wanted to make that correction. But Ross also is with Luke Braun on the Locked On NFL Network. Luke Braun, of course, uh, he's our Luke Braun, of course, on the for the Locked On Vikings. So didn't want to uh, not give Dilly his credit. But since Ross is associated with it, that's why we want to use this, because uh, that's who we are. You know, it's a family situation. So I'm going to run through some of these. I, I don't know if you have the list or not. but uh, I do. Okay, so I'll run through the first five and then you can go through the next five and then what we'll do is then the cherry pick our way through for those that are interested. All right, the first uh, five picks, uh, obviously the New York Jets had the number one pick. They took Trevor Lawrence, which that would mean that they would be making a move to try to move Sam Donald along. And uh, I've heard uh, from people, they're not going to recoup a first round pick because then someone would have to guarantee a fifth year option and nobody wants to do that. But they could probably get a second or third round pick for... Uh Sam Donald the New York Giants this would shock me a little bit they would not go quarterback but they would take Penisa Well, the offensive tackle out of Oregon they took Thomas the kid out of Georgia to play left tackle last year that would mean they would move him to right tackle and they would have some bookends for the future so that would be good for the New York Giants I guess Washington would then take Justin Fields who is like Cam Newton who played for Ron Rivera so uh, and, Ron, and and Justin Fields, was a, uh, he, uh, he was a mentee, or, or he was mentored by Cam Newton. He played for Cam Newton 7-on-17. So there's some familiarity there. Um, the Miami Dolphins, and I assume that this would be the pick that belongs, since Miami won the other day, this would be the pick that belongs to Houston. They have Miami taking Michael Parsons, who is sort of a Sam linebacker, pass rusher, out of Penn State. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars at five would take Patrick Sertain, the second, a big, tall, rangy corner to go opposite of – uh cj henderson and and i don't have a problem with it i think it's a very good selection for for all of those teams involved i'd be shocked (laughs) i i would be
0: shocked if there's only two quarterbacks in the top five well you know we'll see but you know i i just i think trey lance sneaks in there he doesn't go until later but uh the denver broncos they take six they take linebacker dylan moses out of alabama
1: that's a shocker for me you think yeah, that, I think that is. I think that's that's extremely high for a middle linebacker. And, and I think he's good. I don't think he's great. That's true. And it is high. No doubt about
0: it. It is high there. Uh, the Dolphins, I like this pick. Jamar Chase. I don't know if it's the wide receiver I take here, but I do like getting a receiver for Tua. Jamar Chase out of LSU. The Bengals take inside offensive lineman, a little guard action, Wyatt Davis. I, I, could, uh, I could see that. Um, it would be probably a little rich, for the Bengals, considering how they don't prioritize guard, even though a lot of fans would say that they should prioritize guard because their guard play has been maybe the worst in the NFL. They've allowed uh, 36 pressures in five games between two guard positions. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carolina Panthers uh, take Kyle Pitts, the tight end, out of Florida. That would be fun. Get Teddy Bridgewater, another another weapon there. And then the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Gregory Rosau, uh, and I might have butchered his last name, but the edge – edge rusher out of uh the university of miami
1: for the Bengals, though i like that leatherwood kid out of alabama i I would just take another tackle uh he's he's rejected as a left tackle but you could play him on the right side or either move uh the williams Mm -hmm. kid over to the bobby hart might have looked like you know the next coming of willie anderson against the jaguars but bobby hart isn't isn't that great you know
0: no he's off i mean he's a punching bag in cincinnati i
1: mean he's he's a turnstile so yeah yeah yeah, so looking through the rest of this real quick, um, some familiar names. The Raiders have the, the they have the Raiders taking Marvin Wilson uh at 14. I'm a Florida State follower and a fan. Marvin Wilson's stock has dropped uh like lava out of a volcano. I, I would be surprised if Marvin Wilson's a third round pick at this point. The very next pick is a Jacksonville kid that I know. I know his father, Sean Wade, who is at, at Ohio State. That is the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, so, yes, a lot of very, very familiar names. Uh, you talked about uh, the quarterback. They have him going very, very late in this draft, and it's shocking to me. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm still trying to find him uh, in, in this draft. Uh, 17th to the Bears, Trey Lance. Yeah, that's a long zero chance. That's no a long way. ways. I I don't think he'll last that late. I don't think he'll last that late because I think he's a better player than that. And now that you've seen we've talked about this in, in last week's uh show, the development of Josh Allen and you see some of those same characteristics. And we had when we had uh, we took the clip from Trevor Sikkim last week and, and, and Benjamin Solak, when they talked about those traits, those traits that he had, and you can talk about how wild he is and all that, but Whatever, man, when you see a quarterback develop in two and a half years and you've seen what Josh Allen for Buffalo has done, there are things that you can't teach. There is no way. And even with Mahomes, people said those same wild and crazy things about Mahomes, and Andy Reid got him for a year and sat him. And and now you look at Patrick Mahomes and everybody's sitting there looking. You were talking earlier about D.J. Metcalf. Everybody's sitting there saying what he can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Unless D.J. Metcalf was going to play left tackle, he's going to be sliding left to right. I don't care about a wide receiver going side to side
0: especially someone that big, that powerful, that explosive, right? right. <laughs> he, he doesn't need to run 52 routes. And he's, he's been a solid route runner for, for what he can do. I, I agree with you. And I, I would be shocked with, with Lance falling that far. The Bears would be ecstatic. But to me, I don't think three quarterbacks let, – let's say this is the order. You're telling me that the Giants and the Jaguars – both pass on quarterbacks.
1: No, I I, I
0: I would be surprised if either one did.
1: I don't think so. I talked to a buddy of mine who's in the scouting world before the Dak Prescott injury, and 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 that was awful, by the way, before mm-hmm. the Dak Prescott injury the other day. And one of the things that I told him, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars took their two first round picks and made a move to try to get um, Dak Prescott. And that would have given Dallas three first round picks to trade to whoever for Dallas to move up, to get Trevor Lawrence because that would be a Jerry, that would have been a Jerry Jones type move, get Trevor Lawrence to put that star on the side of his head. Can you imagine those flowing long locks with that star on the side of his head? And also the rookie contract, which would allow Jerry to then build the defense because they have a lot of money spread out on that team to build the defense and to trade all of that draft capital to whoever, even if it's the Jets. So the Jets would then have like five first-round picks. If the, if the Cowboys gave them three first-rounders this year and another one next year, the Jets would then have five – would have had five first-round picks. The Jaguars would have given up two first-rounders for, for Dak. Now, if the Jaguars give up two first-rounders for Dak, if Dak was franchised before the injury, there wouldn't even have to be a negotiation. If you mm-hmm. franchise tag him, there's no negotiation. You just you sign him, and you, and here, there you go. Take it, take the picks. You yep. know. So, I really, I, I really, me and a friend of mine in in that scouting business, we talked about that, and and we was like, he said it's possible. It's possible that if the Jaguars had a new coach and a new co- and a, and, a, and a new GM, that that's exactly what they would have done. And uh, because there are some franchises, we talked we talked about going over contenders and pretenders. There are some teams, man, that just need a boost of credibility. They just can't seem to get to shake themselves away from this dungeon. The Jaguars are one of them. They, mm-hmm. they, they can't get this stink off of them. And right now the Falcons are another one and they fired their people. There's just some teams that just can't seem to get them. Denver. They can't shake it right now. Denver can't do it under, under Elway. And you look around the league and, and there are just some teams, and we talked about the two New York teams and the team in the nation's capital.
0: They just can't seem to do it. Sure. And if you're – I mean, heck, I think about Dak Prescott, and there would be a lot of teams I think that would be interesting. I mean, Chicago, you're telling me they wouldn't love a Dak Prescott? You're telling me the Indianapolis Colts wouldn't sign up for, for Dak Prescott, giving up, you know, whatever their pick would be, the 17th or whatever? You know, I mean, th- there will be teams still interested in a guy like Dak uh you know because he's going to fully recover you hope and and still be a a top end you know high end whatever you had him as top 12 top 14 whatever quarterback and and I I still think that's very possible so I I wouldn't be shocked at all and if you're the Cowboys would you rather pay Dak 40 million or would you try to make a push up and, and, and get one of these guys it might not even be Trevor Lawrence maybe you move up the For example, we were talking about Trey Lance. Maybe you move up to six and you get Trey Lance, right? Or someone like that, whoever falls, Justin Fields, let's say he falls to that spot. So I think that there will be teams that do that, that that take that risk and kind of start that precedent. Instead of just paying a guy because he's really good, but maybe not as good as you think as as that money, or maybe not worth the money of you know 40 million, you think he's worth 30 million moving off of that quarterback instead of paying him because you have to pay him. Cause right now we're seeing, right. The Vikings paid Kirk cousins. Right. Right. And I don't know if they truly believe in him, but they paid him just so they have someone. And, yeah. and uh, I think you'll start to see that precedent kind of change a bit. Um, and the Cowboys are certainly a bold enough team to make a move that way.
1: No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Well, as always, it's great uh, to talk to you and it's great to reach out to the fans around the nation. Uh, You guys can make sure that you tune in. We're here every day, your team every day here on Locked on NFL, along with Locked on Bengals, Locked on Jaguars. Uh, We have great programming around our network. Uh, Make sure you subscribe uh, on uh, uh, Google Podcasts as well as iTunes and Apple and follow along with us on Spotify. It's great talking to you as always. Great talking to you. Great being with you, James. You guys continue to take care of each other. We enjoyed it as usual. Until next Wednesday. Stay tuned uh, for more great programming and and, uh, listen again tomorrow on Locked On NFL. For James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, take care. Good stuff, my boy. I'll uh, go ahead and edit this and we'll have it up by midnight. You're the man. I appreciate you, Tony. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, take care.